Hey there. Hey, what's up? How are you? It's Gabor from Ripollet Radio. And uh, this is our program, English language program. And so um, what we're uh, doing here is um, trying to help you get some tips and, and improve uh, your English in uh, this way through the radio. Yeah, actually, this is a podcast too. So if you can't listen to the program on air, then you can, um, you can just listen to it later on from the website of the radio. So let's, let's get started. And uh, as usual, we're going to start with the first part, which is uh, the one-minute question. And um, let me just, there, there are questions that my students ask me, so I just um, browse those and uh, pick from them. And here's this one for today, which says, uh, which one is correct, speak to somebody or speak with somebody? Okay, good question. I would say that I've mostly heard speak to in British English all the time, and although speak with is used, but I, I kind of heard it more in American English. So this could be maybe one of the differences, but you should not worry too much about uh, whether uh, either of them is correct, because both of them are correct. Perhaps speak with is a little bit more even like a business kind of sense, like, you know, you speak with the manager speak to the manager you know what i mean it's just the same to me i'm sure you will find forums where they where people have different opinions but you know as as far as the meaning goes and as far as the being correct in in its use goes you're fine with both of them i use speak to most of the time by the way yeah okay and here's another question uh, it's it's in spanish how do you say Ninguno de los dos. Right. So when you have to choose between two things, uh, you use the, the, the word either or neither, um, depending on how you start. Um, so if you say, um, if you start with neither, you would say, or neither, actually, um, is one of the other pronunciations. Now, if you, if you have to choose between A and B, um, you could say multiple choice test or whatever. You've got A, B, C, D. And you're between like, is it like A or B? And it's actually C. So you'd say like, no, it's not A and it's not B. Neither A nor B is correct. Great. Uh, moving on, things we use. What is this part about? Well, it's about describing popular things, things that most of us know and most of us perhaps use But this is not quite true for um, what we saw last time, which was the guitar, because a guitar is not something that everybody uses or everybody plays. But I would say most of us know what a guitar is. So we talked about guitars last time. And today we're going to talk about pencils, what a pencil is. Now, a pencil is a writing tool. It's something that you use to write with. And I know this is, like, basic, but, you know, we're learning English, you are learning English, so just listen out for even simple things that you can learn from. You catch a preposition here, you learn another phrase there, and so this is learning. Here's actually something for you to do in this program. Just listen, you know, and, and, and catch the expressions that you like, even if we talk about things that are less commonplace. 
or just um, common sense. But how do we speak about these common sense things? Like right now, pencils are coming up and pencils are, you know, like, you know, is that an interesting topic? Not so much, perhaps, but there will be some ways that I'm going to describe things. And, and then after that, we're going to have a, an interview about just everyday things. But listen out for the everyday expressions. Okay, and I and we'll just come back to this before we finish the program. So, back to pencils. A pencil has got a core. That's a central part, which is usually made of graphite. And what is a pencil different from, from a pen? As far as the, um, the, the technique is concerned, well, a pen has a liquid inside, the ink, and it spreads the ink disperses the ink on the paper or the surface now the, the pencil does not have any liquid inside so you've got you need to apply pressure on the paper that's how the the graphite stays on the paper you know we use pencils uh, when we want to have the freedom of uh, erasing parts that we don't like or we want to correct and um by the way, today I see students using, you know, pens that can be erased. I don't think that really was so popular when I was a student, uh, but that was quite a long time ago. So anyway, um, in the first place, we used to use pencils that were we were able to erase and we used pens when we were um, just, uh, you know, writing up the, the final version of, of a text or whatever. Now, of course, pencils are also used for art, drawing, not just writing. So um, artists use different kinds of pencils and there are different grades of how hard a pencil is. Now, pencils are graded according to how hard and how black they are. And this is marked by the HB on the pencil, the HB means hardness and blackness. So how hard and how black the pencil mark is. Right, and of course these are the uh, graphite, the, the gray colored pencils, yes, but uh, we've got all these wonderful colors, color pencils that, uh, that we all use in the classroom for coloring, and, and they're just great. So I think it's enough about pencils now, why don't we just listen to some music? Your arms around me I haven't been there for the 
Yeah, we've heard the Billy Joel's song, The Longest Time. I think this is this one is from 80, 83 or so. And uh, this is almost like an a cappella performance, except there is, I think there is a bass guitar that I can hear. But if I'm not wrong, it's just like all voices, the rest. And it's quite, you know, it's quite impressive. It's quite popular now, I think. Um, I, I can see a lot of bands... But bands, they're not called bands, they're called maybe ensembles or, or you know, vocal groups, a cappella groups that um, cover uh, popular songs, pop songs, and, and they only do voice, you know, and then um, with, you know, great arrangements and clean, you know, intonation and clean singing and good voices, it can be quite impressive. So, um, yeah, so that was it. And um, let's just uh, move on. Now we're going to listen to an interview with Daniel. Now, do you remember Daniel? Well, those who listened to our program um, years back might know who Daniel is. And, um, and I've, I've seen quite a bit of change in his English, too. He's, he's become much more kind of relaxed and, and more fluent. And uh, we, we talked a little bit about this and that. So we're going to listen to that interview now. Here it is. So enjoy the interview. Okay, here I am with uh, Daniel, and we haven't done an interview for quite a while. So actually, when when was it? Like two years ago or so, I think. How are you, Daniel? Fine, thank you. It's good to see. Hey, you've grown. You have grown. I can tell. Well, tell us, what did you do this summer? Yeah, I went to Ireland to practice my English. Yes, we were talking before, you know, I switched on the recorder, and um, I can hear that. Your English is, has become more fluent, so that's good. It's good to know. Um, so, did you make friends in Ireland? Yeah, I made friends from other countries and, yeah. And what was the weather like? Did it rain? No, but... Um, no? Yeah, but not a lot. Two days or so. Uh-huh. And uh, what was the flight like? I suppose you went by plane, didn't you? You know, was it too long for you or...? Yeah, it was two or three hours, and it was a little bit tiring, and... And what was the first thing that you noticed in Ireland that was different from here? For example, cars drive on the other side, and there are a lot of crows. A lot of crows? Yeah. Okay, and where are they? All over the place. Okay, and what about the food? It was quite varied, and I like it. Tell me a little bit about your life now what do you do you know what uh, did you start anything i know you play music so tell us about that i've played the clarinet for three or i think three years where do you play do you play in a band or no i i play in a music school uh 
with some other clarinet players and are the pieces that you play difficult for you yeah some pieces are a little complicated but no it's easy for me and do you do you also play in concerts sometimes yeah usually at christmas and at the end of the course around june around june uh-huh and how many days a week do you go i go twice a week and i also do singing and music theory how about sports yeah i i like sports i play tennis every monday and wednesday and uh, yeah and i like it a lot okay so you play tennis if if you had time what would be another sport that you would take up i don't know i like tennis and, and i don't mind football basketball is a little bit boring for me i don't know why people said it's fun but for me uh, yeah you know uh -huh, yeah how about swimming no i don't like swimming okay back to music um you go to the music school you play there you practice there at home do you practice yeah i usually play it every day if i can Wow, that's exemplary, yeah. When yeah, but we when I can, you know, uh I'm busy every afternoon. I always have uh, homework to do and um Okay, what any favorite subjects at school? Yeah, I like visual and plastic arts and history too because the teacher is very funny and um yeah, I like Spanish language too and and other things so and where are you going to celebrate christmas are you going to stay home or you're going to travel somewhere i don't know my family will decide and tell me when where we go okay great daniel thanks a lot for your answers and all the best good luck with your music and sports and school thank you very much bye bye Yeah, here we are with uh, our story time, which means we're going to read a story. And today's story is uh, an Aesop's tale. Uh, Aesop was um, a Greek storyteller, and quite a lot of stories and tales are attributed to him. And, uh, well, the today's, today's tale is called The Old Woman and the Physician. Right, the physician. Who is a physician? A physician is a doctor, basically. So it's just another name for a doctor. And so we're going to read the story out first, and then we're going to we're going to just tell the story. It's got a it's got a meaning that you can just uh, you know decide for yourself if you like it or not. But uh, the language is a little bit uh, more formal because it's uh, it's written, you know. But if you tell the story in a more casual way, it would sound different. So we were, we're going to do both um, ways. So here's our story. The Old Woman and the Physician An old woman, having lost the use of her eyes, called in a physician to heal them, and made this bargain with him in the presence of witnesses, that if he should cure her blindness, he should receive from her a sum of money, but if her infirmity remained, she should give him nothing. 
This agreement being made, the physician, time after time, applied his salve to her eyes and on every visit took something away, stealing all her property little by little. And when he had got all she had, he healed her and demanded the promised payment. The old woman, when she recovered her sight and saw none of her goods in her house, would give him nothing. The physician insisted on his claim and, as she still refused, summoned her before the judge. The old woman, standing up in the court, argued, The man here speaks the truth in what he says, for I did promise to give him a sum of money if I should recover my sight, but if I continued blind, I was to give him nothing. Now he declares that I am healed. I, on the contrary, affirm that I am still blind, for when I lost the use of my eyes, I saw in my house various chattels and valuable goods. But now, though he swears I am cured of my blindness, I am not able to see a single thing in it. English, create English. You're listening to Create English on the Ripollet Radio, or Ripollet Radio, in a more English way. And uh, this is our English language program. Um, this is our December edition in 2017. So, woo, the end of the year is just around the corner. Um, so, we've got grammar, uh, vocabulary, stories, interviews. So just um, hang around if you like the program and let's continue. So there is the story about this old woman. It's an old story. And... Um, well, let's just take a look at what happened in the story. So there was this old woman who became blind, okay? And so she went to see a doctor. That's a physician, a doctor. And told him to cure her. And so, well, the doctor said that, okay, he had the remedy. He could find a solution. So they made a deal. They made an agreement. And so the, the agreement was that if she was uh, cured, so if the doctor was able to cure her, then she would pay him his fee, but if not, he would get nothing. The doctor would get nothing. Um, and there were some people just around listening, so she had some witnesses. That is, she was not alone. They were not alone. So... The doctor started the treatment, yeah, and uh, well, every time she visited the patient, sorry, every time he visited the patient, he took something of value of her things from the house. I don't know, uh, you know, small things, belongings, until he left the house empty. When the woman realized this, when the woman saw that she didn't see her things, uh, she didn't want to pay. Um, she said, you know, she wasn't cured because before the treatment, she was able to see some of these things in her house, but now they were just not there. She didn't see them, so she was not cured, um, according to her. 
Uh, well, and the doctor didn't like this and said, um, you know, that she had to pay him. And she refused. So anyway, they went to court. So before the judge, her argument was that uh, the doctor, this man, is right. I mean, he, she promised him to pay his fee if she was cured. But it seems that she was not because... And then the same story, you know, like before the treatment, she was able to see things. And after the treatment, she was not able to see those things in her house. Well, this is the story, more or less, I think. And uh, it's got a funny edge to it and, um, you know, an ironic edge to it, of course. It's up to you and decide if you like it or not. But anyway, the for for us um, here, in terms of language, as you can see, there's there's a story that you can tell or read, actually, in the original format, and then when you retell the story, you will do just more stops. You will use a different kind of vocabulary. Um, let me give you some examples. Like, you know, I said, uh, there was this woman. Instead of saying the, you know, the, the original form was, an old woman having lost the use of her eyes, called in a physician, blah, blah, blah. In a more modern way, it would be just like, you know, there was this woman who became blind and, so she went to see the doctor and also they, there was a bargain, you know, they made a deal. It's another way to say, uh, 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 you know, an agreement. Anyway, I, I guess you get the idea. So um, that was our story. And before we finish now, I'd like to just um, quickly recap and, and just check. Uh, have you been taking notes, you know? I said uh, kind of at the beginning of the program that you could uh, listen out for some expressions and words that I'll, I'll be using, I'd be using, and um, see what you find interesting or new or different or worth remembering. Here are my tips. When we were talking about the pencils, I, was, I said uh, a pencil is something, is a tool we use to write with, okay? To write with. Now, you should uh, uh, sort of observe this. A little bit because um, in English there's a tendency to put the preposition with at the end so it's a tool that we write with it's a tool we write with instead of it's a tool with which we write you could say that but that would sound more formal so in everyday use the preposition should go at the end Right, coming up, there was an expression. I was saying, um, you know, we're, talk we're going to talk about pencils. That that's coming up. What's next? It's a phrasal verb. Then we're talking about the past. We used to use pencils. Yeah, we used to use pencils. So to use means to work with, right? You use something because you need it and then you you make use of it you utilize it but the other word used to careful that's used to that is it ends in ed right so we used to use it's pronounced this way but you actually write we used to use which means solíamos usar in this case solíamos usar lápices 
Right. I also said that uh, we use a pen to write up the final version. Write up means like redactar. Okay. It's quite popular. We're talking about a cappella form- formats, yeah? It's quite popular today. Quite. Yeah, just the pronunciation and the word quite, not quiet, quite, not to be confused. Uh, these a cappella formations or a cappella groups, they cover pop songs. Cover, right? Hacen versiones, to cover. And uh, impressive is for impresionante. Impressive. Not impression and or whatever I hear from students. Um, no, it's impressive. Right, then uh, in the interview, I asked Daniel about the weather. And the way I did it was, what was the weather like? Did you write this one down? What was the weather like? Uh, not just what was the weather, it's not enough. You need that like at the end, which refers to the the description, the quality. So what was the weather like? What was the flight like? Some people say, how was the flight? That's also correct, but uh, I tend to use this form. What was the weather like? What was the flight like? At Christmas, remember the preposition, at Christmas. And in our, in our story, we had the physician, as a doctor, take away, yeah, llevar, um, and, and the site, to recover the site, la vista. All right, comes from C, site. So, um, these are the ones that I took down for you, and just check your notes. Have you picked uh, things that you found useful? All right, we're finishing the program, and uh, I wish you um, great holidays, um, end of the year, and a great kickoff of the new year. Talk to you next time. Take care and bye. <laughs>